And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Coming up, Saskatchewan farm leaders support the province's court challenge of Ottawa's carbon tax. Agri-News is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers Ag Division. Choose the alternative. McDougall Auctioneers for guaranteed results. Online at mcdougallauction.com. And South Country Equipment, your one stop for great service and a selection of agricultural, precision, ag and lawn and garden products. Saskatchewan farm groups are supporting the SAS party government's move to challenge Ottawa's ability to impose a carbon tax in the province. Premier Scott Moe is asking the Saskatchewan Court of Appeal to rule on the Trudeau government's right to impose a carbon tax. APAS President Todd Lewis says farmers feel carbon taxes are unfair and will increase the cost of doing business. You know, we've uh, taken the position that uh, we're not in favour of a carbon tax and the province, uh, you know, with this court action, I guess they're saying the same thing. The federal government has, you know, it's unfortunate really we don't govern to government. There's only one taxpayer and we hate to see taxpayer dollars spent this way. But at the same time, you know, I think Saskatchewan has got a good plan uh, you know, coming forward we're with uh, what we've seen with the government's white paper and, and certainly the resiliency plan that they're working on, uh, we see lots of positives in it and their uh, position certainly is aligned a lot closer to uh, what APAS has been putting forward and just feel that if this ends up uh, ensuring that a carbon tax isn't put upon farmers, we're in favour of it. So that's why we're supporting them. You see a carbon tax would be very costly for Saskatchewan farmers? Well, you know, it's uh, it's not just only the cost on something like fuel, but it's all the hidden costs. And at the end of the day, farmers and ranchers can't, we're in a world market, and we can't pass those costs along. So any of those taxes will uh, affect us just directly on our bottom line. And at the end of the day, we don't see much value. Uh, Saskatchewan farmers and ranchers have, have really invented low-carbon agriculture in many cases, and that technology is exported around the world, be it uh, in our farm equipment or our agronomic techniques. So we've done a good job of... Uh, lowering our footprint without a carbon tax and we don't really see much value in putting a tax on us at this point that I don't think is going to drive much more carbon efficiencies. So again, the key reasons you see for supporting the Saskatchewan government going to the Court of Appeal on the uh, whole issue of uh, carbon tax? Well, I think it just moves the file forward. We'll get some clarity if uh, the tax is going to be able to be imposed or not. And, you know, anything that moves the federal government toward more recognition and using, you know, more of a carrot approach than than the stick, uh, I think that's kind of what we're looking at. And, you know, we're sure hoping that the province is successful in their in their challenge. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, that's going to be between the politicians and uh, we're going to continue with their opposition to a tax and continue to offer solutions. And I think if we can get some recognition for what agriculture is doing in the province, uh, it'll help the whole country with offsets. Todd Lewis is the president of APAS. The province's Ottawa's new carbon tax proposal does not acknowledge efforts to battle greenhouse gases. The Saskatchewan government points out agriculture alone in this province sequesters nearly 12 million tonnes of carbon dioxide each year. Western Canadian Wheat Growers Chairman Jim Wickett of Rosetown supports the provincial government's effort to challenge Ottawa. Well, we just don't believe that a tax is the way to go. It's been proven in other jurisdictions it doesn't work. Uh, it makes the economy less competitive. There's a lot of other ways to uh, to help the environment than uh, a tax. It, this is purely a money grab, and by the looks of the uh, last few budgets of the federal government, they need all they can get a hold of. Do you have any estimate what it would cost Saskatchewan farmers with the carbon tax? 
No, and we've we've asked the federal government for those numbers. Uh, we've been told they have them, but like so many other aspects of this carbon tax and the effects on not just agriculture, but a lot of other industries, uh, they're just keeping those close to their chest. And I see, you know, a few other estimates from the parliamentary budget officer at $10 billion and... I think it was Jack Mites or something like that. Was He was at 20. So it's significant dollars and a significant hit to the Canadian economy. Do you support the Saskatchewan plan in part because it recognizes agriculture and the potential of agriculture and what it does for carbon sequestration? Well, absolutely. You know, it was probably 25 years ago when agriculture, especially in Saskatchewan, but Western Canada went, you know, pretty fundamental change to kind of the minimum till, zero till from extensive tillage. You know, that carbon sequestration happened 25 years ago. And, you know, quite honestly, between the Prime Minister and the Federal uh, Environment Minister, 25 years ago, if an environment issue would have snuck up and bit them both in the behind, they wouldn't have known what would happen. So you see this as a good reason to back the Saskatchewan plan and, and going to court over it? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good plan. It doesn't punish any industries. Uh, It uses a carrot instead of a stick. So it recognizes a lot of the things that, you know, industries, not just agriculture, but all industries have done through the past. And we believe that's the way to go. Now, on another topic, Jim, I have to ask you, how's uh, your seeding plans going? You farm out at Rosetown. When do you hope to start seeding? Well, right now the plan is around May 7th. Nobody's been out on the land or anything yet. Uh, it's still a little wet in spots here. So, you know, that's a week and a half away. We'll see uh, what happens once the neighbors hit the field. Sometimes things get sped up. So, But the plan right now for myself is May 7th. And what main crops do you hope to see most farmers in the area putting in? Oh, I, you're going to see the, uh, you'll still see the pulse crops but probably not quite in the same uh, acreage. A lot of oil seed, a lot of flax going in, a lot of canola, heck of a lot of canola going in. And then you just your wheat, durum, and barley for this area. There was a lot of soybeans last year, and, and I'm not, I haven't heard of a soul putting them in this year. Why? This didn't produce last year. 5, 10, 15 bushel yields, you know, high seed cost. It just didn't pencil out. Jim Wickett Farms near Rosetown in west-central Saskatchewan. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And brought to you by Precision Ag, the power of growth in Griffin, Carlisle, Carnduff, and Odessa. There's a step forward in efforts to set an international maximum residue limit for quinclorox, a herbicide designed to control the weed cleavers in canola. The Codex Commission, with dozens of member countries, is expected to adopt a committee's recommendations at a meeting in July. Brian Innes is the Vice President of Public Affairs with the Canola Council of Canada. Establishing a maximum residue limit for a crop protection product through the Codex or the international process takes a number of years, and it's been a great advancement this year, uh, just a few weeks ago in China, where um, this maximum residue limit is now almost across the finish line. We're not there yet, uh, but it's a very positive step, uh, a positive step that's been years in the making, and we're very fortunate that the Government of Canada and the Canola Growers Association, as well as the Canola Council, have been working together to prioritize it and get it established to this point. 
The canola council is still advising farmers to check with their grain buyer about quinclorac use in 2018. As of right now, we understand that there's concern from processors and exporters about purchasing canola treated with this active and being able to sell it to China. So it's very important that growers talk to their exporter and processor uh, before they consider using this product. The Canola Council says while recent developments have been positive, the international maximum residue level for quinclorac is not yet formally adopted. Negotiations have entered an around-the-clock phase in a push to get a new North American free trade agreement within days. Top officials from Canada, the U.S. and Mexico have gathered in Washington, D.C. for meetings. Canadian Foreign Affairs Minister Christia Freeland says while other issues need to be resolved, the auto industry is the main focus of current talks. The highly integrated automotive sector is really at the heart of the NAFTA negotiation. And if we can get that right, um, that will be the core of a successful agreement and negotiation. One reason for the flurry of activity is the political calendar, with a legislative deadline of next month for the current Republican-led U.S. Congress to vote on the deal. In spite of the apparent rush, one analyst does not believe the U.S. is ready to make many concessions. Laura Dawson is the director of the Woodrow Wilson Center's Canada Institute. I still hear them, yes, we want a quick deal, but we're not willing to move on those poison pill issues. Um, the, the sunset clause, the government procurement, the rules of origin and auto sector, the gutting of the dispute settlement mechanism. I think until Canada gets some movement on those important and sensitive issues, they're not really inclined to just wrap this deal up in a bow and say, here you go. Dawson says Canada could reach an agreement in principle on NAFTA in part to reassure investors and relieve the uncertainty created by U.S. President Donald Trump. The market update is brought to you by Scott Bjornsson of Hall is Wealth. Call 1-800-284-9999 for more information or to book a free consultation with the office of Scott Bjornsson Hall is Wealth. Scotia Capital Inc. is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Market update also brought to you by Flamin Sales in Saskatoon, Southie, Prince Albert, Yorkton and Swan River. Visit Flamin.com. Grain prices at Viterra were showing some downward movement in early trading this morning. Canola fell $3 at $4.99.44. Oats went down $2.03 at $1.48.94. Number one red spring wheat dropped $0.94 cents at $2.39.93. The rest were unchanged. Durham 252.81. Feed barley 195.63. Flax 462.84. Yellow peas 244.54. Feed wheat 189.58. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, May spring wheat is down one and a quarter cents at 5.98 and a quarter cents a bushel. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia 642-5358 or Weyburn 842-4574. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of April 24th. It was Weyburn's turn for a regular sale last week. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.85 cents to $0.95. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.72 cents to $0.84. Cents. Canner cows sold from $0.10 cents to $0.30. Cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.05 to $1.20. We had a pre-sorted calf and yearling sale here last Monday. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.20 and sold up to $2.26. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.17 and 
and sold up to $2.26. 600 to 650-pound steers averaged $2.06 and sold up to $2.25. 650 to 700-pound steers averaged $1.99 and sold up to $2.16. 700 to 800-pound steers averaged $1.75 and sold up to $2.04. 800 to 900-pound steers averaged $1.65 and sold up to $1.75. Heavier heifers were about 10 to 15 cents back from the steers. Lighter heifers were about 25 cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle and the prices too. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 5,400 hogs Wednesday, selling a range of 136 to 142 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 5,900 head, selling a range of 137 to 144 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price today is modestly higher, and forward contract prices opened down this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar is down 24 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2869. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 77.76 cents U.S. U.S. cash markets made modest gains in yesterday's trade, but the spring rally has obviously cooled, and daily increases in negotiated cash bids have struggled to average 25 cents U.S. 100 weight per day. Hog supplies are abundant and weekday slaughter levels are coming in near 465,000 hogs, which is about 20,000 hogs per day more than year-ago levels. So far this week, wholesale pork prices experienced modest gains, but it was expected that support from meat prices would be robust by the last week of April. Lean hog futures are still offering an average premium over the summer months, and the June contract is priced at a level where the cash market would need to gain 50 cents U.S. 100 rate per day for the next six weeks. Coming up, the farm weather forecast. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland, working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry Shepherd at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather forecast for today, sunny, wind northwest 50, gusting to 70 kilometers per hour, and tonight it's supposed to be windy again. The high forecast for the day, 21 degrees, a very mild day, the low minus 3. Sunny on Friday with a high of 16, the low plus 3. Saturday, sunny skies, the high 21, the low 9 degrees. Sunday, partly cloudy with a high of 23. Chance of evening showers on Sunday with a low of 7. Monday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers and windy, the high 14, the low minus 1. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high near 13, with a low of plus 1. Wednesday, partly cloudy, and the high near 13. The normal high is 15 degrees, the normal low is plus 1. The sun rose at 5.43 this morning, it sets at 8.09 tonight. Around the province, and by the way, we have the hot spot in Saskatchewan, is Maple Creek this hour at 20 degrees. The Canadian hot spot is in B.C. at Cultus Lake at 22.4. So our hot spot is only 2 degrees colder than the hottest spot in the nation. On the roundup, Estevan is 18, Saskatoon 20, Swift Current 18, Weyburn and Yorkton both 17 degrees. In Regina, sunny and 18, that's 64. Fahrenheit, Windsor from the west at 36, gusting to 58. Humidity is 24%, the barometer is dropping 101.8. Sunny in Moose Jaw, 18 degrees. Winds are from the west-northwest, 28, gusting to 46. Once again, Regina, sunny and 18, that's 64 Fahrenheit. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.